I want you to reframe the conversation of not thinking of it as an extra part of everything that you're doing already. I want you to think smarter about your training and think of recovery as a part of your training. Are you constantly worried about getting injured or you don't know how to get faster as a runner and you want to continue to run for stress relief, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Healthy Runner, the only place that provides you with training tips, injury recovery, and prevention tools with actionable strategies by experts in the running industry so you can develop a stronger running body and feel confident that you can overcome any obstacle as a runner. I'm your host, Dr. Dwayne Scotty, avid runner, running physical therapist and coach, educator, founder of Spark Healthy Runner, where we help dedicated runners get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running with the perfect online running coach, even if you've been told to stop running with an injury or you think coaching is just for fast runners. Learn more about our signature coaching program at learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com. Every week on the show, we coach you to grow as a runner, just like the process of building a strong, durable home that will last a lifetime requiring little maintenance. The design and planning is your mindset. The foundation is your strength training. The framing is your run plan. The electrical and plumbing is your nutrition. The insulation, drywall, and flooring is your recovery. The landscaping and exterior is your race strategy. If you master the six parts of growing as a runner, your running will be strong and last long, hitting PRs well into your 40s, 50s, and beyond. Every week, we help a runner just like you build their dream home. I'm your host, Dr. Dwayne Scotty. Welcome to the Healthy Runner Podcast. Did you know that proper recovery is a key foundational concept for running success. Many runners underestimate the importance of recovery, but it can make all the difference in your performance and injury prevention. Today, I'm bringing you the ultimate guide to running recovery with a simple seven-step plan. If you're a dedicated runner looking to take your performance to the next level, look no further. Running recovery is a major component of a well-rounded running routine, helping you to become a more efficient, faster, and injury-resistant runner in your running journey. Matter of fact, it is one of the six steps to growing as a runner so you can run fast and last long. In this training, I'm taking a deep dive into the benefits of incorporating seven specific recovery strategies into your running regimen, from proper sleep, stretching, and foot care for runners, this informative session covers it all. Learn essential tips for structuring your recovery strategies alongside your running schedule, avoiding common mistakes, and optimizing recovery to prevent overtraining. We believe that a well-designed recovery program can be the key to unlocking your full potential as a runner. Whether you're training for a marathon, half marathon, or just aiming to improve your daily jogs, this training has something for everyone. Prepare to challenge your preconceived notions, break through plateaus, and elevate your running game. If you're ready to take your running performance to new heights, don't miss out on this educational session with seven actionable strategies you can implement into your daily routine today. Let's get started. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty. I am a running physical therapist, a coach, an educator, founder of Spark Healthy Runner, and my mission is to preserve the health and longevity of runners everywhere by allowing them to get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running. In today's training, I'm going to cover who would benefit from recovery strategies for runners? What is recovery for running? How many days a week should a runner take off? How does sleep affect recovery for running? Does foam rolling help with recovery? Massage for running recovery? What stretches are best for running? We're going to talk compression socks for running, foot care for running, and how do you mix running and recovery together? Now, eight out of 10 runners listening to this right now will get injured at some point. 
And one of the most common reasons for runners getting injured during their hard training cycles is not taking proper recovery from the hard runs that they are doing. And there are simple strategies we can implement to tolerate the demands of half marathon or marathon training offers us. Trying to grow as a runner is overwhelming. I get it. Like, for instance, if you ever wanted to have your running feel easier, so your legs feel fresh every time you head out the door and you actually stay healthy and enjoy running again, or have you ever wanted to run faster and run longer to conquer new distances and hit these goals, hit some PRs um, at your goal race? And if you're not adding specific recovery strategies for running, here's what's at stake. You do random stretching exercises without any purpose, rhyme, or reason. You're constantly feeling fatigued and low on energy each time you go out for a run or after your long runs. Your muscles always feel sore for your next workout or your next run. You keep getting injured every time you train for a half marathon or a marathon. You guess instead of following specific targeted exercises and you think you're getting too old for running. And that leads to frustration, feeling constantly overwhelmed with the amount of information out there. And I don't want that for you. We at Spark Healthy Runner don't want that for you. And we have a plan on how to recover from all the miles you are logging so you can keep doing the thing you love and run for longevity. And it's not a plan most adults are following. As a running physical therapist and coach, I've given thousands of runners a plan for optimizing recovery for running, and our plan will work for you too. So all you need to do is do three things. You just need to stay tuned, listen to this training. That's step one. Next, you need to download your ultimate guide to running recovery blueprint. I will link that in the show notes wherever you're listening to this. And then third is you need to implement these recovery strategies consistently, not just one time, not just two times, but consistently each and every week during your training to feel fresh, reduce fatigue, and stay healthy with this seven-step plan. And back when I first started my running journey at age 31, I didn't know how to do any of these things. And I was frustrated because I wasn't getting any faster. I was constantly in the injury cycle, whether it was my proximal hamstring tendon pain, plantar fasciitis, or posterior tibial tendonitis. Um, I've since learned that there are six parts of your running journey that need to be optimized so you can run strong and last long. What are those parts? Mindset, strength training, your run plan, nutrition, recovery, which is what we're talking about today, and then a race strategy. And if you're listening to this, you most likely never knew like growing as a runner and being a runner as an adult is dependent upon these six critical parts, but it does. And once I realized it, like this resolution, like set me free after mastering the six parts of growing as a runner, I was finally able to stay healthy for the past six years in my running journey and able to get PRs in the half marathon, run two marathons. I have my third coming up this uh, upcoming weekend. And recently, this past spring in 2023, I ran my fastest half marathon in seven years, shaving off four minutes and breaking through this plateau I was stuck at because I really implemented the recovery strategies that we're going to talk about today. They played a significant role. And most of all, I've been able to get out the door consistently to get my mental clearing miles in year round. And when you execute the six parts to growing in your running journey, you'll not only feel more confident in getting stronger and faster, but you're going to stay healthy and enjoy the process of running again. And you're going to crush some races along the way if you like to race. And you can get our complimentary download that goes along with this training, The Ultimate Guide to Running Recovery with seven steps. It's got a ton of supplemental resources, how-to videos on how to foam roll, how to stretch. Um, it, it's a lot of valuable content that is going to help provide clarity on how you take action on these seven steps. So go ahead, download the free ebook. You know, you can click the link in the show notes or just go to learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com forward slash recovery. And in this training today, I'm going to talk about the non-sexy part about being a runner. And 
it's not the stuff that most runners get all jazzed up about. And it is filling this recovery bucket. So let's get going on who would benefit from recovery strategies for runners. There are four types of runners that I think about that are going to really benefit from what we talk about today. Number one is runners peaking in their training cycle. So let's say you're running the most mileage that you've ever run in your life, right? For me, this training cycle, I like hit 50 miles, right? For the first time ever in my life in this marathon training cycle, maybe you're training for a half marathon and you're peaking at 30 miles, or maybe you're running a half or a full and you're peaking at 40 miles, right? For the most volume that you've done in a week. This is definitely important to double down on. Number two is the runners who are tapering the weeks leading up to a goal race. So you have your goal race. We call it the A race, right? The one that you mark on your calendar. Maybe in the new year, you like set goals for yourself. And this is the race. Like you've circled, you've locked it in, you've made travel arrangements. As you're tapering for your race, this is where you're going to double down on these recovery strategies. Number three are runners recovering from an injury. Or maybe you got like an ache or pain or a niggle and you have some, you know, runner's knee pain, kneecap pain, or you have some shin pain and you really need to double down on the recovery from your running in order to actually get over this injury completely and your body can adapt to the demands of running or really those runners kind of building back up again. So maybe you took some time off because you were told to stop running because you were injured or you thought, Hey, I have this pain. Let me just shut it down for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. And now you're starting to build up again. Recovery is going to be important. And then fourth, really all runners who are looking to stay healthy and get the most bang for their buck out of their bodies when they run. Hence why recovery is one of our six steps to growing as a runner framework. And the analogy I use in running should you know, be that your running should be reliable and durable, right? It's reliable. You do it like each and every week. It's part of your life. It's part of your lifestyle, right? And like who you are and it should be durable, meaning you're not always getting injured and sidelined and not able to run because you're not injured, just like a well-built house. And I really kind of look at this framework, um, in the analogy of like the steps of building a home and the design and planning of building a home is your running mindset. The pouring of the foundation of your nice, strong, durable home, well-built home is the strength training that we need for running. The framing of the house, which most people think is the house, right, is the run plan. And it should be built on specific runs on specific days of the week. And we kind of get into all of that in previous trainings and how to do, th- how to do that. And the installation of utilities such as electricity and plumbing is like bringing that spark to your house, right? You're bringing the electrical in and it is the nutrition in your running journey. So that's the nutrition step is bringing that uh, spark as carbs give us spark uh, for our running. And then in your home building process, installing, let's say the insulation, the drywall and the flooring is the recovery for running. And it's the recovery strategies that are going to help keep your body running efficiently and feeling fresh, just like a well-insulated house will keep your house cool or warm, depending upon the season, optimizing your energy efficiency. And if you don't have an energy efficient house, like no one is comfortable, right? You're either like sweating all the time or you're freezing and you're just like throwing money out the window, trying to run your heater or your AC constantly, and it's really not making an impact. And if you don't have recovery strategies for your running, then you feel fatigued. You never feel comfortable during harder running efforts, and you're throwing money out the window constantly because you're constantly getting quote unquote fixed. Those are my air quotes there, those listening to the audio version, because you think getting injured is just part of being a runner. So now let's get into what is recovery for running. It is allowing your body the ability to repair, recover, and grow from the demands we are placing on it while running. 
And you can create the optimal environment for this to occur with proper nutrition, which includes fueling, so the food you eat, hydration, and electrolytes, and implementing the seven strategies we're going to cover today. And proper nutrition is a whole training in of itself. It is actually a single step in our six steps to growing as a runner. So it's beyond the scope of today's talk to really get in depth on nutrition, but it is definitely a part of the recovery process. So I mean, not ignoring that, I'm acknowledging it. And it's like a nice segue because we need nutrition for performance, but also recovery. And then it kind of leads into our recovery bucket that we're going to be talking about today. And the other seven steps to recovery include rest days, proper sleep, foam rolling, massage or soft tissue techniques, stretching, compression socks, and proper foot care. So why don't we get to step one, shall we? Rest days. This is a common one. Most runners don't like it, but you might be wondering how many days a week should a runner take off? And I am not a fan at all, and I do not believe in uh, run streaks whatsoever because of this reason. I've seen so many runners leave performance on the table, never fully recover from injuries because they have a run streak, and they're not allowing this recovery process we're talking about today. So valuing rest days and being proud of them because you're allowing your body to repair and grow. And how many days a week, you know, should you take off? Definitely one rest and recovery day of no running, no strength, no cross training, unless it is easy, easy, easy restorative yoga or light cycling where you're hopping on your Peloton, you're hopping on your bike to go for a nice little stroll out in the neighborhood with your kids. You're not getting your heart rate above zone two whatsoever. You're just getting your legs moving. And I would say that is recovery because we're facilitating some blood flow. All right. You need to allow the recovery, repair, and grow process to occur. So you have to value your rest days. If you're just starting out, most runners benefit from two and even any master's runners. So master runner, I'm talking to you. If you're over 40, right? That's me. I'm a master's runner. I'm proud of it, right? If you're over 40, I I have found um, after implementing this myself, actually this past year, and with a lot of my clients that I work one-on-one with, that you will really benefit from two full days of rest and recovery. And I know it's hard because we are type A as runners. Usually we like routine. We like schedule. We like getting out the door. Um, take that time to actually do the other things in your life that you never have time for, um, that you're stressed out about, that you're overloaded with. So catch up on the work stuff, catch up on family stuff. So you can actually value step two that we're going to get to. All right. So consider taking two full recovery days off of running Um, Definitely one day off of everything. Some of the runners I work with, I might do a one day total rest and recovery. And then the other day might just be a strength training day. So it all depends upon your situation, level of fitness, how long you've been running, how long you've been strength training. And those are the variables that we kind of take into play when designing um, our customized programs for our clients. It's time to take a real quick break. And before I say any more, I truly hope the message so far today has benefited you either from a running or a health standpoint. Maintaining healthy feet are one of the critical parts to growing as a runner. Staying in line with that theme, I wanted to take this opportunity to share with you one of my favorite recovery brands on the market today, and that is Naboso. It's a company that is dedicated to redefining what's underneath your feet so you can feel more to move better as a runner. From a movement prep before your runs to foot recovery after those hard speed workouts or long runs, Naboso's Texture Products lets your senses guide you and connects you to your exercises and your running by strengthening your feet and helping you recover from those runs. Want to learn more on how you as a runner can activate, strengthen, and recover from running? 
listen to episode 116 on this podcast to learn from Naboso founder, podiatrist, and human movement specialist, Dr. Emily Splickle herself. Dr. Emily shared with us the importance of foot stability for runners, what is sensory stimulation, the benefits of toe spacers, and barefoot training for running. There's so much value in this episode, so be sure to go back and queue up episode 116 on the Healthy Runner podcast to listen to during your next long run and learn about why I just love my Naboso products to get me through my personal training. I've been using Naboso Splay, which are toe spacers that are flexible to help improve circulation at least once a day, once I take my shoes off for the day, and I've just noticed a considerable improvement in my toe alignment from my hammer toes. I also love the Naboso Recovery Ball to get out any trigger points in my foot muscles, as well as the recovery socks that are textured and feel like a massage for my feet after my hard runs, and I even like them better knowing that they help stimulate my nervous system to enhance muscle activation and movement with their patented textured surface on the inside of the sock. I really couldn't imagine, honestly, half marathon or marathon training without the help and assistance of Naboso's products, which has helped keep me healthy as a runner. You can learn more about Naboso's textured products and how it connects you to your exercises and your running by strengthening your feet and helping you recover from your runs. Since you're a part of our Healthy Runner community, you will get 20% off all of your orders. Just use code HEALTHYRUNNER during checkout when placing your order using the special link we have for you in the show notes. Go ahead and give Naboso a try and your feet will thank you for it. I know mine already have. Now let's get back into this episode. So let's get to step two of recovery for runners. This is going to be the low-hanging fruit. It's free, doesn't cost anything, and everyone can do it. It's sleep. And how does sleep affect recovery for running? Like evidence has shown, there's been a lot of evidence out there that shows the more sleep or extended sleep really can benefit runners in their recovery and their performance. And recommendations for runners range between seven to nine hours nightly. And elite athletes are encouraged to get at least nine hours of sleep nightly to treat really sleep as important as the actual, you know, training that they're doing and their diet or their nutrition. So that's what elite athletes do is they look at like sleep, I'm going to train hard, right? I'm going to get my training in and I'm going to fuel and recover nutrition wise. So sleep is on that level with those other two pillars. Like we're not elite runners here listening to this right now, right? But if they do it, right, then, you know, it's got to be pretty darn valuable, right? Because they want to perform at their highest level. So if you are a recreational runner like myself and you're just looking to like challenge yourself, right? Do hard things. See if you can improve in your running journey. You know, maybe if you like to run races, like, let's see, can you get faster as you get into your mid forties, like I am doing right now, you know, you need to at least, at least get seven hours of sleep. And I know most runners struggle with that. Um, myself included, this has been something that has been a slow moving, uh, incremental progress that I've been making in this recovery strategy. And It is incremental progress. So you have to be happy and reflect on like where you were and where you are, right? Just like our running, just like if you're looking at performances, just like if you're looking at workouts that you're doing, looking at long runs, um, you have to see some incremental progress. But if you are definitely getting four, five, six hours sleep consistently, like your body is in this lack of sleep and that has been shown to be detrimental to performance. So there are a great number of concerns like arise when runners don't get adequate sleep. It is like they've done studies before that looked at like average total sprint times decreased in uh, those that are sleep deprived leads to quicker exhaustion. Um, And this is like a study that looked at some male runners and volleyball players that they were exhausted more quicker. It leads to increased injury risk. So chronic lack of sleep has been associated with increased rates of injury. 
it leads to increased risk of illness and immunosuppression. So if you're constantly getting sick, constantly getting a cold, right, never feeling like 100%, um, these are all due to kind of chronic lack of sleep. And I can definitely uh, remember those days when I was going through my PhD uh, years for six years as I was working full time and also teaching and juggling all of that with young girls as a family and, you know, being a present dad. um, I was definitely in this camp and I was constantly sick. Uh, So I remember that. And it's not just the hours of sleep, guys. It is really both the quantity, but then also the quality of sleep really improves performance in many areas. And when we talk about quality, we really need to maximize our sleep hygiene. And some sleep hygiene tips that I would like to share with you that's important for all runners is um, to be consistent with your bedtime and your wake up time. So, you know, don't go to bed one day, you know, at 11 p.m., another day at 9 p.m., another day at 12 p.m., right? Try to get consistent so your body is used to the same clock of when it's going to bed, when it's waking up, and you can get in the different sleep cycles that our body goes through in sleep. And we need to get into that deeper sleep for recovery for our bodies from the training that we're doing. And if you're constantly going through more of the lighter phases of sleep, then you're not getting that restorative sleep that we need in order for our bodies to repair and grow. And then it's creating the ideal like sleep environment. So your sleeping space should be dark. It should be cool. Um, I constantly uh, am nagging my wife because it's a little too warm in our room and I like it nice and cool and she doesn't. And um, I know that it does affect the quality of my sleep. Um, You don't want little, you don't want any noise. Um, It should be used for sleep only. Right. And, and obviously like, you know, some quality time with your partner, Um, but try not to like, definitely do not do work in bed. Don't pull out the laptop and like do it in bed. Don't watch TV in bed. We have a TV in our bedroom. Um, The only time I ever put it on is like when I'm getting ready and I'm like moving around, not when I'm just like laying in bed, just because it it really helps your body to like get in that mindset of like when you lay down in bed, okay, it's time to sleep. Like we're shutting it down. Um, Other tips are going to be to improve your sleep hygiene, avoiding alcohol and caffeine before bedtime. So for those that are a little caffeine sensitive, you know, think about like, when are you going to have that last cup of coffee? When are you going to have whatever caffeine uh, fix of choice is yours? Um, You know, maybe you need to really keep it and be mindful of doing early afternoon and not doing in the evening at all. Even if you feel tired in the evening and you're like, oh man, I got to go like, you know, play Uber and drop the kids off at, you know, X, Y, and Z. And then I got to, you know, do this project still. And you're looking for a little pep it might affect the quality of your sleep that night. Um, So those beverages like just interrupt your sleep cycles and they lead to more disturbed sleep. Sure, you've heard this before, shut down the electronics, right? The hours before bedtime um, includes TVs, cell phones, computers, uh, the blue light, right? Like those devices can really just affect your circadian rhythms. Um, So really shutting down electronics, Um, put timers on them. It's helped me. Uh, I put it on my calendar now. I get notifications to like close the laptop, Dwayne, um, and have a wind down routine. So don't just think of it as, you know, you close the laptop, you shut down your phone, you stop scrolling, and then you just are expecting your body to like go to sleep. You got to wind down and calm the mind. So, you know, activities have been helpful for me and I know others as well is, you know, reading really taking, you know, doing some breathing, um, or meditation work, doing some visualization. It's also really good for your running performance wise as well. Uh, some like to take a bath, um, journaling. I do that every night before bed to really just like clear my mind, you know, everything that happened that day. Um, you know, think about like, write it down on paper, kind of like things that are kind of on your to-do list in your head, getting it down on paper is helpful. So then when you lay down on the pillow, you're not constantly thinking about it. Um, so those are some of the things that, you know, have been staples in my daily routine, which is really journaling first and then doing some meditating and then doing some reading and then going to bed. 
Uh, sleep mask, another tip uh, that can help improve the quality of sleep just by blocking out all of any sort of light. Like, you know, we got like night lights in the hallway. If my daughter wakes up, they turn on the light in the bathroom. Like all that can like actually disturb your sleep rhythms that you don't even know about. Um, so that could be super helpful. I know it's been helpful for me. Um, and then if you can't fall asleep and you're having trouble after 20 minutes, like get out of bed. They recommend, you know, experts say get out of bed. Don't like trying to fall asleep. Um, do a quiet activity in another space until you feel sleepy again. And, you know, these are going to really be important for runners in preventing overtraining and, um, or, or things that can actually help improve your sleep hygiene and the quality of sleep is avoiding overtraining. So making sure that you're not overtraining from the running, strength training, all those elements that we talk about in how we get stronger and faster as a runner, and then also reducing stressors. So not only doing, you know, the um, kind of mental stress relief techniques of journaling, meditation, breathing, yoga, you know, can be helpful, but they're going to also improve your sleep as well. So sleep, I know I kind of rambled a little bit there. Hopefully that was helpful. I'm sure you've heard many, many times from others before, but maybe hearing it like the 10th time might actually resonate with you. And, you know, if this physical therapist and coach really has been prioritizing it, and he's included in his seven steps for recovery, say to yourself, like, maybe I should actually like take this seriously now. Um, all right, let's get to step three. Step three is foam rolling. And does foam rolling help with recovery? And everyone's familiar with foam rolling by now. And if you've ever felt like your muscles are tight, your legs are sore, your legs are heavy during your runs, you know, you got a stubborn knot, you got this little tight spot in the front of your hip, your calf always feels tight, your hamstring feels like you got this knot in it. Let's talk about some of the benefits to foam rolling. Foam rolling is going to help loosen the soft tissue, increase blood flow. Research has shown that like tight fascia might also limit motion. And there's a relationship between like fascial thickness. So the fascia is actually the connective tissue network that surrounds our the things in our body. So it's like the saran wrap. It surrounds our muscles, but it also surrounds like organs and tendons, ligaments, and even like your brain matter. Um, so that fascia can actually become thickened in certain areas, could restrict motion. And doing foam rolling is essentially doing a self myofascial release. And there are like practitioners, clinicians who do myofascial release with their hands. So it's a specific manual therapy technique. Um, but foam rolling is considered one of those self myofascial techniques. So we're really kind of targeting the fascia to make it more pliable so your muscles can move more easily and efficiently. And, you know, that, that fascia, when it is um, kind of irritated or inflamed or can cause pain, it gives that feeling of feeling tight. And really the foam rolling can prevent some of that tightness feeling that you're experiencing in a muscle can improve range of motion and really speed up that muscle recovery process. The other benefit to foam rolling that I really enjoy and um, like is stimulating your nervous system and waking up your muscles before a run. It adds input into your nervous system to really through basically when we're rolling on it, we, we're doing some sensory stimulation. So that's why I recommend doing foam rolling before your runs to add in some of that input before you ask your muscles to contract, like in your dynamic warm up um, before your runs. And if you want to learn more about kind of the full deep dive on foam rolling for running, then check out episode 181 on the Healthy Runner podcast, and you'll get answers to questions like, should foam rolling hurt? What are the different types of foam rollers? Like, actually get my seven foam roller exercises for running recovery, which I've also linked that how-to video within the ultimate guide to recovery download that I mentioned earlier. And when is the best time to foam roll? How long should you foam roll? So I answer all those in episode 181. So check out that episode. So now let's get to the fourth step in recovery for running. And that is massage. So either treating yourself to a nice little massage by a licensed massage therapist, um, or you can do some self-massage um, with a percussion gun that I have right back there. Um, everyone has seen those by now. 
And, you know, your percussion guns are really um, beneficial for increasing blood flow, preventing tightness. And the nice thing about the percussion gun versus like the foam roller is it can penetrate deeper and is more isolated to a specific area. So it's more targeted. So if you have a specific knot that's always bothering you, um, then the percussion gun works out great. Or if those that like battle plantar fasciitis, um, you know, I love doing the percussion gun on the plantar fascia. Um, I do that every morning. Um, but it, it really provides like this repeated pressure and kind of thins the fluid in our bodies, making the fascia more pliable so your muscles can move more easily and efficiently. And so similar to, you know, foam rolling, um, the big difference here is that it really penetrates up to an inch into like the soft tissue. So it's really kind of stimulating your muscles and then helping your brain to release some tension. So getting that like sensory input, uh, stimulating that nervous system um, as well. And there is some research, you know, that has shown that percussion therapy really increases skin temperature, blood flow and hormonal responses to reduce inflammation and pain associated with delayed onset muscle soreness. So if your muscles are always feeling sore, then I would recommend giving the percussion gun um, a whirl. All right, step five, stretching. And this is uh, a common, um, you know, misconception in a lot of runners. And I'll just kind of tackle this right now because most runners think that if they're getting injured, that they should be doing more stretching. And that actually is not the case. Um, It is usually associated with not doing enough strengthening or strengthening the right muscles. So we have a whole training on how to strength train for running as part of our six steps to growing as a runner. Um, And that's why it has its own bucket, strength training. Stretching, if you noticed, does not have its own bucket in the six steps to growing as a runner. It is one of seven strategies in the recovery bucket. So this is where stretching goes. And this is where it kind of blends into our program and what stretches are best for running. You want to do dynamic stretches, movement prep. So this is getting the body moving and grooving prior to your running and strength sessions. The benefit of that, you're improving blood flow, preventing tightness. You're activating run specific muscles. You're priming your body for go time. And I did a whole training episode on that in uh, episode 192 on the Healthy Runner podcast. If you want the deep dive on dynamic stretches for runners, and I've also linked that how to my very popular, it's like the second most popular video on my YouTube channel. Um, the five minute warm up for running um, video is also linked in that download um, that I mentioned earlier. I hope you are enjoying this episode and it is providing value for you. I wanted to take a brief moment to share a story of a real runner like you who is struggling with a common problem that you may be facing. Here is one of our athletes who got the guidance, support, and accountability from our Healthy Runner coaching team to get clarity and structure on the six steps to growing as a runner with personalized strength, nutrition, and run plans. I hope their story inspires you that there is hope to either get over your running injury or to continue getting faster or running longer so you can continue to get in those mental clearing miles and enjoy your running journey again. Here is their inspiring story. 10 months ago, I injured myself, pulled a glute muscle uh, one week prior to the Detroit Marathon, which I had been training for four months to run, and I was unable to run the marathon. And uh, long story short, after a couple of false starts with some other coaches and um, another physical therapist, I Googled um, Dwayne and found him online and set up a meeting with him. And we started right away on the 16 week return to run recovery program in March of 2023. And I um, completed that program and am now three weeks into marathon training for the New York City Marathon with him. And I just completed a 12 mile run without, um, without pain. I will say that I knew what I had to do, but I didn't know, I knew, I knew, I knew what recipe I wanted to make, but I didn't know what the ingredients were or the measurements. And 
uh, Dwayne gives that to you. He basically um, gives you the, the, the right proportions of running and strength training in the right progression over the right period of time in order to help you recover. And he does it in a very um, uh, tailored to you way. So this was um, very much, this program was very much designed for me. And now I'm running again uh, and my hip stabilizers and my hamstrings are stronger than ever. So uh, I owe, I owe Dwayne a lot. Um, I wouldn't hesitate to recommend him to any, any uh, middle-aged runner with injuries or really any runner at all. I hope sharing that story inspired you and provided you some hope. If you want the one-on-one -on -one structure, accountability, and support from our Healthy Runner coaching team of experts, check out the behind-the-scenes video tour of our signature coaching program you just heard about, including other stories from runners who are just like you and were struggling with the same sticking points before they signed up for our program. Just head to learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com to learn more and book your strategy call with me today. Now let's get back into this episode. Let's get into step number six, and that is compression socks and running. And I'm sure you've seen them. If you run a road race, you've seen someone in compression socks. And graduated compression socks really support the foot and leg circulation after a long run, um, or if you've spent a lot of time on your feet during the day. They can be beneficial for your long runs and your workouts, really improving blood flow. And for most people, they feel pretty good when they wear it. And it can just like ease the achiness feeling that you feel um, with running. And, you know, studies have shown that compression socks do help kind of reduce muscle damage and inflammation, especially after marathons and ultra marathons. So, you know, I love wearing them during my runs. Some runners don't. Um, after that long run or after that marathon is going to be when it's most important um, to help stimulate some of this recovery process. So for me, it's a no-brainer for my long runs. Um, sometimes for my uh, longer speed workouts, so during marathon training uh, in particular, I will definitely use compression socks because Again, they feel good when I have them on. And then after my long runs, especially for marathon training, um, I definitely use compression socks after the run to help stimulate that recovery process. And especially if you are a person who has a job where you're sitting most of the day, you know, if you are sitting, you're not using your muscles a whole lot. So you're not using the natural muscle pump we have in our bodies to get the fluid out of the foot and ankle because kind of gravity works where things pull downward. Um, so, or if you're like on your feet, like all day long, then your feet and your lower legs can feel like junky after like a hard speed session, um, a long run and, you know, wearing compression socks during a run or a race, like might make you feel better. And, you know, it might make you trick you into thinking you're running better. Um, we don't have like an exact performance metric that it, it will enhance performance while you're racing. Um, but if it feels good, like it feels good for me. Um, so if it, whatever stimulates my brain to give me more confidence when I'm out there, um, you know, then it's beneficial, but definitely after those long runs, or if you are a person who struggles with getting swelling in your ankles, your foot, you have, you know, not the greatest veins, um, all the, you know, family members, uh, who are a little older in your family, they have like varicose veins, spider veins, um, I don't have great beans myself and, you know, I have some family members who have had that. So, you know, I, I think it really just helps kind of get some of that fluid out, help that recovery process, um, to our muscles. So yeah, just make sure that you wear kind of the, you know, correct, uh, type of compression socks. And there are some out there that really aren't that compressive, um, in nature. So you'll want to make sure that it is usually I like go down a size, um, to make sure that I feel like really good compression. And then you got to test it out. Like, 
please do not listen to this and like be like, oh, Dwayne said I should wear a compression sock for my marathon and my marathon's like this weekend or next weekend. And then you just give it a whirl and you haven't tried it on your long run, your 18 or your 20 miler. Um, don't do that. Like try them on your long runs. Nothing new on race day, right? Um, so, but give them, a, give them a try, especially if you tend to have like icky feet, swelling in your foot and ankle, and it's really hot and humid. Um, that you're doing long runs in or you're doing races in. I found it like hugely beneficial um, anecdotally. And there is some evidence out there to support um, recovery after marathons. So the final step, and this is a step that I've really started valuing really the past two years. And, you know, partly once I really became um, familiar with Noboso's product line and Dr. Emily Splickle, who's a functional podiatrist. I've had her on the podcast before. They are one of our partners um, just because I absolutely love um, a lot of their products. I've implemented them myself. So, you know, half of them have really been, I think, a key and integral in getting over some mild plantar fasciitis symptoms I've had. And our feet take a pounding from all of the miles that we do right? Like your foot is tiny. Like I have a little foot model right back there. Um, we have little tiny bones and little tiny muscles in our foot and we have all of our body weight coming down like four to six times our body weight with every single step we take as runners are transmitted down into the foot. Like it's a lot of steps, right? If you ever like track your steps, think about all the miles that you're running on a weekly basis, our feet take a pounding and proper recovery strategies are needed, um, especially after your long runs. So there's really five tools that I have found hugely beneficial. Um, one is Epsom salt baths or soaks. Um, so doing a foot soak, um, Epsom salt bath. And actually um, what I've just become accustomed to like recently within the last literally like four months is foot spa treatments. So, or like a foot pedicure. So I'm sure the ladies here know exactly what I'm talking about, but most of the guys probably have no clue what I'm talking about because I didn't know. And I went for my first kind of pedicure. Um, and it was kind of weird, uh, the first one, but I was like, wow, this actually feels really good for my feet. And, you know, I have a little like spa bath that I set up in my house, um, with the Epsom salt and, you know, it can really rejuvenate your feet. So they feel really fresh, but going to a nail place and like a spa place where it's like the real deal. And then you get like a little massage for like the calf muscles, like your posterior tip muscle, like they get in there. Um, there's a couple different wraps you can get. Uh, it's been like amazing, honestly. And I'm actually really looking forward to going after um, my marathon. But I would highly recommend that you really don't do this too close to your goal race, especially if you have heavy callus patterns and you do not want them to pumice off all of those calluses right before a race because those calluses are actually like protective from you getting blisters. Um, so you don't want like totally new skin before you go to run like 26.2. So little fun fact there is you want to avoid them from like pumicing all of your calluses down uh, because those are actually like hardened skin that's actually preventing you from getting blisters uh, with running. So that's the first tool is like doing soaks, Epsom salt bath for me during marathon training after long runs. And, you know, when I was doing half marathon training before I started doing marathon training, that was a staple as well. Like those hard, longer runs, do a foot soak after it will help your feet kind of get refreshed. And then the next thing is toe splays. So these are, and those watching the video version can see this. Uh, these are Noboso toe splays, or, you know, you might call toe stretchers, toe separators. The great thing is that these are very flexible, dynamic. These are the most comfortable ones that I've tried ever. Um, and they really help provide a little stretch to the small little muscles underneath your foot get tight. They cramp up, you know, like think about if you ever went for like a really hard run or you tried some new shoes, then your foot like cramps, right? Like those small little muscles are always working. So the toe splays are nice because they provide that nice low load, long duration stretch, we call it. And it's tolerable. And it really, so for those that struggle with bunions, bunionette deformity, which is like the little toe goes in, which I have, um, 
who has like hammer toes, which I also have. And honestly, using these for the last two years consistently, um, I am like happy to report my toes are like literally almost straight, uh, which I thought would never happen. Um, so these are extremely important. And I think, you know, combining this with a little elevation after a long run can be huge. The other tool um, is rolling the foot with a recovery ball. So, or, you know, they have other foot rollers you can get at your local pharmacy. I really like the neuro ball, uh, in their recovery kit that Naboso has because we got this ball here. And then inside we got this little mini ball, which looks small, but it is mighty. This actually gets into a lot of the trigger points deep in your foot and in your foot muscles. So you can do like a self myofascial release for that. And then the other thing I really love is I have actually a sit to stand uh, workstation um, in both of the areas that I work in. And when I'm standing, I, this ball actually comes apart and it's actually a dome. So you can stand on this, like stand in the heel area, kind of where the plantar fascia connects in your midfoot area. If you ever feel like cramping on the bottom of your foot, if you've ever had like metatarsal pain, you've had Morton's neuroma and you want to get a nice stretch of those metatarsals, it stretches nicely over the dome. So there are like three different areas that you can release with the dome. And it's super simple. Like you're literally standing there, you're like working at your computer and you're also releasing these small muscles in your foot. So highly recommend the neuro ball. Um, and I will definitely, you know, share our discount link. Like you can get 20% off with code healthy runner. Um, they will be sponsoring this episode on the podcast. Um, because I, I just truly love these products, like really believe in them and really feel that releasing a lot of these muscles or getting some, these stretching is critical in recovering from running and taking care of your feet. And then the other thing that can be um, beneficial is elevating the feet above heart level um, for 10 to 15 minutes after long runs, especially those summer, hot, sweaty, high dew point uh, long runs. That can be golden. Usually I just like hop on the floor, put my legs up on the sofa, uh, maybe put a pillow underneath so your feet are above heart level. You cannot do this sitting in a chair like at your desk and just prop your foot up on like the garbage can or something doesn't work. It needs to be above your heart level. And then lastly, um, which I'm excited about um, in partnering um, with them is recovery slides or sandals like Ufus. So for those who are watching the video version, this is like a pair of one of my like five pairs of like all different colors of Ufus, which these are amazing. Um, they are just like very, very comfortable. Um, Definitely, if you've ever had a history of plantar fasciitis and you get that pain walking around hard floors in your house, I would highly recommend that you invest in a pair of these because that will take away a lot of that morning pain as well as the strategies that I outline in my plantar fasciitis ebook on how to stretch the fascia and how to actually strengthen the muscles to take stress off of the plantar fascia itself. But these um, recovery sandals do absorb like 30 37% more impact than like traditional shoes. And it's got a great blend of um, stability, but also cushioning. So it's not like totally cushioning where you're just like squishing down. And um, I feel like it definitely supports my arch a little bit. I have a little flatter arch, especially on one side. And um, yeah, I just love these and I'm happy to actually partner with them. Unfortunately, they do not actually have um, discount codes. They really don't offer sales, um, with their products. But again, if you're looking for like comfortable footwear, I wear these, um, this is my in the house pair that don't go outside. And then I have like three different ones that, uh, go outside. So I use them all the time. I love to get my toes free, especially like if you're wearing shoes during your work day and you're running in shoes, like get your toes, um, spreading a little bit, put your toe splays in with your Ufus do that all the time. Um, and I will have a link in the show notes that, you know, you can actually go and check out Ufu's recovery sandals. And I'm actually trying their shoes. Uh, they're in delivery, uh, for the first time. And it would just kind of help me in knowing, you know, letting them know that you came from our healthy runner community. Um, and it would just help support the show, um, that we, you know, kind of shared our thoughts. And these are my true genuine thoughts and 
how I use UFUs. And I would highly recommend recovery sandals or slides after your races, bring them to race day, take your sneaks off, throw on your recovery slides right after the race. Um, your feet will thank you. All right. So lastly, guys, we talked about a lot today. You might be thinking, Hey, I'm overwhelmed, Wayne. Like there's no way I can do all these seven strategies. Like how do you mix running and recovery? I want you to reframe the conversation of not thinking of it as an extra part of everything that you're doing already. I want you to think smarter about your training and think of recovery as a part of your training. So again, it's one of our six steps and we need to value all of these parts equally. And then we might put a little bit more weight depending upon the season that we're in. And you have to prioritize sleep. (laughs) If there's anything (laughs) that I've said today, if you do that, you will be recovering much, much better from your runs. And then you need to double down on recovery during high periods of stress from training or your personal life. So whether it's physical stress from training, whether it's mental stress from training, mental stress from personal life, um, emotional stress in your personal life, like you need to double down on recovery because that's when your body is under more stress, load, demand, and it actually needs more recovery in order to stay healthy, in order to prevent getting sick, all those things we talked about before. And it does not need to be a full hour yoga class every single day or every single week even. Like these strategies literally take five to 10 minutes of your time. For instance, the dynamic stretching we talked about before your runs, like five minutes it takes, literally. Like that's the video. It's five minutes. It's timed. Um, You do it with me. I talk you through it. It's five minutes of your time before your runs. You're going to feel great. Trust me. And you're going to feel more recovered after your runs because your body was actually ready to run. The percussion gun, like literally five minutes, foam rolling, five to 10 minutes maybe to go through like the seven key muscles that runners should be foam rolling. Um, A foot soak takes 10 to 15 minutes um, before the water gets cold anyway. Uh, So like, I don't want you to think about this, right? You need to like do a half day at the spa for running recovery. Like start implementing these small bites of time um, throughout your training. And again, think of it as part of your training. So like I mentioned today, my long runs, okay, I'm using my, my compression socks. It's already like known I'm using that. All right. I'm going to do my dynamic warm up before my run. It's known I'm doing that after my long run. What's Dwayne going to do? He's going to elevate his feet. He's going to put his toast blaze in, and then he's going to throw on compression socks as he starts making his breakfast to refuel with his carbs that are going to give him some spark because I love me some Long Island bagels and New York bagels, but we have some pretty good ones here in Connecticut as well. Um, right. So like, I know that's part of my day when I have my long run. It's not like, oh, I'm just thinking I have a 12 miler on my calendar. I have an 18 miler and then I'm just moving on with my day. No, it's literally part of the training. It's part of me doing a long run. All right. So just recapping what we learned today or what you learned today um, and what we covered was like who would benefit from recovery strategies for runners. And we talked about like prioritizing, you know, when when it is most important to really double down on the strategies we talked about today. We talked about what is recovery for running. We talked about the seven steps. We talked about how many days a week a runner should take off and you guys are going to make sure you at least get one day off, right? And then we talked about how sleep affects recovery for running. We talked about like, does foam rolling actually help recovery? We talked about massage and running. We talked about like what stretches are best for running. And one thing I didn't mention before, guys, like bonus tip here, the traditional static stretching that, you know, most people are familiar with, if you have time, again, if, (laughs) if you have time, then do that after your run. And that can help with some recovery. And then those that have a particular problem. So like when I evaluate someone who has, let's say plantar fasciitis, and it is due to a contributing factor that their calves are tight or someone who has Achilles pain, it's because their calves are tight. Then that person needs to double down on calf stretching, hanging off the edge of a step after all of their runs, right? Or if you've had chronic issues with your lower back, 
or the front of your hips, then most likely you're going to have like tightness of your hip flexors and your rectus femoris. So your quad muscle, then you need to double down on stretching those muscles after your run. So that's when we do the static stretching. And then we talked about compression socks uh, with running. We talked about foot care for running. We give you five strategies there. And then we talked about how do you like mix it all together. And by listening to this training, guys, you took that first step. So kudos to you. If you made it to like the end of this, like you are a rock star. You are like a healthy runner wizard, I'm going to call you. And remember, the next step is for you to download the ultimate recovery guide for running. Um, It details the seven steps we talked about. If you weren't taking notes along the way, it's all written out for you. We got visuals. We got video links of the exact strategies we talked about. And then what do you need to do? You can't just learn, right? We can't just learn more information. We got to implement. You got to take action and you got to implement these strategies consistently on a weekly basis so you can start feeling fresh, less fatigued, and ready to tackle the demands of training that your next training cycle uh, will bring you for your running goal. And if you don't know how to integrate these recovery strategies or strength training for running into your busy schedule, and you want clarity, you want focus, you want structure, you want like the accountability support, you're like, Dwayne, like, all right, we talked about a lot, like, all sounds great. I totally trust you. I believe you. Like, just tell me what I need to be doing right? Like give me the structure. That's exactly what we do with our Spark Healthy Runner signature coaching program. We teach you how to grow as a runner to not only crush your running goal, but avoid feeling frustrated because you constantly get injured or you're not getting any faster. So we act as your guide in mastering these six key steps of your running journey, mindset, strength training, structured run plan, nutrition, what we talked about today, recovery, and then also your race strategy. So when you get the structure to execute these six key steps in your running journey, you're going to feel confident in getting stronger and faster. You're going to stay healthy and most importantly, like enjoy running again. So just like a well-built home will require a little maintenance and bring you a lifetime of memories for you and your family, uh, so will your running. And you'll be able to reflect, look back at those milestones you hit, that longest long run ever, that fastest pace you ever ran, right? That, that race PR, um, conquering your first marathon, conquering your first half marathon, right? You can learn more about our Spark Healthy Runner coaching program and schedule a call with me uh, by going to learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com forward slash coaching. And lastly, if you learned something today, if so, like, If you did, like, would you mind just copying this link wherever you listen to it, share it with a running friend of yours. And I want our running community to continue enjoy lifelong injury-free running. And the only way we can do that is if proactive runners like you who took the time to listen to this actually share this information with those who don't know about this information, right? So we can break the, the, injury cycle. We can break the misconceptions about running in our society that like getting faster requires that you just like be tough and you put your foot to the metal and just adding more running, harder workouts, running faster, doing more, and sometimes doing less running and structuring your training in a smarter way. Like we talked about today and implementing the seven steps, um, are really key to unlocking your potential as a runner. So trust me, guys, doubling down on these recovery strategies, if you haven't done any of these, um, this is going to be very, very beneficial for you. And I would love for you to reach out to me if you've implemented these and and, and let me know. Let me know if they've helped you out. Um, and I, I just love seeing your wins wherever we connect, whether it is on Instagram, uh, it's probably the place I'm most active, um, at spark healthy runner, but you know, my mission is to really help our running community do this the right way in a healthy way. And you sharing it with your running friends is one way that we can do that. So I greatly appreciate you for doing that. As always, let's maintain a strong mind, a strong body, and let's just keep on running until next time. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Healthy Runner podcast, where we help you get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running. 
If you found this content valuable, here's five ways we can help you grow as a runner for free. One, grab a free copy of our six steps to growing as a runner framework at learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com forward slash grow. Two, follow our Instagram page at sparkhealthyrunner. Three, join our free group by searching Healthy Runner in Facebook. Four, subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash sparkhealthyrunner. Five, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more experts in the running field and bring those lessons and trainings back here right to you. Don't forget, hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or the follow button on Spotify so you don't miss the next episode of Healthy Runner so you can maintain a strong mind, a strong body, and just keep running. Lastly, if you've been struggling with the constant injury cycle, not eating the right foods for running, or not getting faster as a runner, and you are ready to invest in becoming a lifelong injury-free runner, head to sparkhealthyrunner.com forward slash coaching to apply for a one-on-one signature coaching program. Thank you again. I really, truly mean it from the bottom of my heart that I appreciate you for listening and sharing this podcast with a running friend who can use the help. Now go and crush your run today. See you next week.